I have spoken. That's a pretty good one. I'll give you that one. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're discussing our first impressions of the Disney Plus streaming service. It's here. Everyone says it's the streaming war, but if you think about it, usually a war comes down to, like, one person left standing, so are we just in, like, a big, like, streaming battle and just people are like like just vying for like dominance in their own little hills. I don't know. A lot of ex- existential streaming questions out there. There's going to be a millennial risk version where you play as the streaming service instead <laughs> of the actual country or things taking over the world. I mean, that's not far out of the realm. I was at uh, – we'll talk about it here in a minute. I was at Disneyland, and they had um, a Popped Goes Perfection uh, board game that was all Disney-themed. And me and my wife were just looking at it, and I was like, really? Pop Goes Perfection? They brought that back to make it Disney-themed? Okay. Yeah, you, you can you can Disney anything. So <laughs> slap, slap a Disney sticker on it. You can um, Disney a streaming service. You can di- you got a streaming service? We'll Disney it. Uh, Marvel adds five more movies in the next three years. <sighs> Man, that's a list. Probably four years. I forget 2020 is like one whole year. But anyway, that's five more movies that we didn't know we, we didn't have when we started this on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Adam with The Rock gets a release date. Wow. I wasn't expecting that news to come yeah. come through. Yeah. Uh, he must have uh, – that Disney Cruise um, sequel is probably not greenlit yet. So he's got to do that and more. Oh, Chris, perfect segue, Disney Cruise. So, yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Mike. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, we went to uh, Disneyland, uh, not too far from uh, where we live now, kind of a local theme park for us now. Uh, So, we've been there about a handful of times now, so we're kind of starting to get used to the ebbs and flows of the park, you know, what rides uh, are available when. Um, But things got a little complicated yesterday because I wanted to make sure we got the Star Wars stuff done and out of the way since that was the newest part of the park. Uh, But we did end up going on Jungle Cruise because, like, you know, I'm getting older now, getting up there in years, and sometimes you're just looking for a ride with a short line that you can sit down on. So we were like, I've never been on Jungle Cruise before, and and they're coming out with this movie, so I better get in tune with what Jungle Cruise is. So um, it's basically uh, a nice little boat ride through, like, a river, and uh, it's pretty dated, so some of the animatronics at Disneyland were pretty bad, but kind of the entertainment value comes from your boat captain, who's who uh, is reading a script, but, you know, they've done it a thousand times by the time I was riding the ride. So, you know, they add their own little interjections in, and there's it's like a pun-filled ride, Chris, so I don't know if you went on Jungle Cruise and uh, Disney let me, World. Let me tell you multiple times. Uh, that, that's my <laughs> jam. You know I'm into bad jokes, so mm-hmm. uh, I definitely, I definitely, we did that. I said, we had fast pass the first time, and then we got back in the long ass line to wait through it just to go again, because it was, <laughs> I, I just love it so much. Yeah, depending I want- on who you get... It's always mm. like a different intonation of similar jokes. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, d- I don't know if uh, yours is a little bit more um, 
future technology driven since they got the whole like avatar stuff down there i don't know if no. yours was more updated than mine no no it, it's very much the same <laughs> when i went when I, like 25 years the, ago uh, when i was younger the uh, <laughs> the animatronics are so passive at this point in time there were real live ducks just hanging out on top of like this elephant that's supposed to be coming in and out of the water so i i don't know it kind of added to the charm but now i kind of understand maybe a little bit more of what the jungle cruise movie is supposed to be yeah. definitely on the lookout for that backside of water joke on, on you get it ride. now do you get do yeah. you get it okay i get it the eighth wonder of the world the backside of water and our cruise director was like the backside of water <laughs> and like held it really long so uh props to uh, the woman driving our boat but uh let's cut to the chase we went to star wars land yes and, please. Uh, I, i'm very anxiously awaiting this because <laughs> i also went to star wars land in a different manner this weekend so the, tell me your <laughs> The uh, the top priority was the milks, of course, because if anybody listens to this podcast, we know uh, we love our uh, our gimmicky drinks uh, collaborations, you know, things like that. So uh, we went to the milk stand and we got a blue, we got a green. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm here to say the blue milk is the best milk. Uh, it has a little bit more of a tart flavor. So I should say these aren't actually dairy milks. I believe the base is like coconut and a mixture of almond milk, I believe. And then there's sure just like artificial flavorings like blasted in there. So the blue milk kind of almost tastes like a, a candy turned into a milk. I don't really know how to explain it. Like maybe if you like were to juice a starburst and maybe throw in a little like fruit stripe gum or something like that. Maybe okay. melt a maybe melt a Jolly Rancher there too. You get your blue milk and the green milk was a little bit more tame, I would say. The flavors were a little bit more mellow, and it was a little bit on the lime side of things. And my wife's not a huge fan of uh, lime, so I ended up drinking most of the green one. But once I got down to about halfway for each one, I mixed them together, and then the blue flavor just like takes over. So the dominant flavor is definitely the blue out of them. But it was pretty fun. They're kind of like these weird, like thick slushies, um, it's kind of like a milkshake consistency, but mixed with a little bit of like maybe a smoothie because you're kind of getting ice crystals as, as well. It's a very hard mouthfeel to describe, but the blue milks are, are very fun. So I would recommend those. They had like this, this stupid expensive, like $20 collectible, like, um, like little milkmaids, like 10 that you can like wear around your neck. I don't know how many blue milks it would take to fill it, but it looks like at least $40 of blue milk to fill that motherfucker. Is, is, it, is it bright <laughs> blue? Like ungodly think, blue or is it the lighter blue? Uh, you mean the color of the milk? Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say it's kind of a, a little bit more on the pastel side. Uh, not, not quite pastel, but it, it's not neon. It's, it's there. Yeah, but because uh, I'm doing Google searches of how to make this in the background as as you talk. I'm oh, copy that blue milk recipes. I can only imagine there's tons of people on top of this trying to replicate it. But yeah, blue blue milk was really fun. There was some other like um, there was some other like stands like for concessions throughout the area that were selling different types of drinks, and I was just like because we, we were trying to hunt down the blue milk stand and uh, my wife was just like oh this place sells drinks and I was like staring glaring at the menu I was like uh uh-uh, they ain't got the milk let's keep going so because uh, obviously we had more park to look at oh of so course. Uh, the the uh, the two other things to talk about at the park right now is the cantina and the Millennium Falcon ride mm-hmm. so we go ahead and head over to the Millennium Falcon mainly expecting get to get a fast pass because if you've never been to if you've never been to Disney before the way you get on these rides so you don't have to wait forever is to grab a fast pass but since Galaxy's Edge is still in this big flux period right now 
there's no fast pass for the Millennium Falcon. So we were looking and looking and looking. So we finally asked someone and they're like, oh, the wait's only 45 minutes right now. That's really not that bad for this ride. So we go ahead and get in line. And um, uh, Chris, I, I don't want to give out like spoilers for a ride. I know some people are pretty... Um, are pretty sensitive to that type of thing, so uh, I don't I don't know if I should spoil the Millennium Falcon ride don't, really don't at do all. Don't do it. Just tell me tell me your experience, your takeaway here. Uh, my my takeaway was sadly a little underwhelming, especially because there's another similar type of ride in Disneyland um, called Star Tours, where is is a pod that you get into, very similar yep. to uh, Millennium Falcon. You <laughs> well, get into a pod. Now I will uh, tell you. I'm the kind of guy who gets out of Star Tours and goes back in to get a different version of it because they mix and match those scenes mm-hmm. between hyperspace. So I've Star Tours I have probably been on two dozen times. So mm-hmm. I, I that if that's the same, I'm already a little disappointed. So <laughs> Yeah, because it's a same it's a similar type of experience. People in a pod looking at a screen and the pod moves. Uh, it just seems a lot more dynamic and entertaining um, within the Star Tours ride. And the Millennium Falcon ride, uh, It's this is already out there. There's things that each person is supposed to be able to do. But I didn't really find those things too engaging. We didn't get a chance to be the pilots. We were the gunners, um, which would seem very exciting. But you're just you're so busy looking at other things, you can't really enjoy the experience so much. But... Uh, I'm sure other people have different opinions. I'm sure other people have tried different parts of that ride, the gunner or the um, the engineers who sit in the back. So maybe people had a different experience than I did. But I thought the imagineering around the whole thing was really cool because there's no way just like a six people in a pod can churn through that line that fast. So there's a hallway that you walk down through to get to the cockpit once you're kind yeah. of finally in the staging area. So at some point in time, once you're in the cockpit, things start moving and changing very mechanically that you don't notice because when you exit, you pop out down down a totally different hallway. Once you get into the chute, it closes off and then it opens up probably another cockpit for another group of people. So the question is, how many cockpits are there? How quickly are they moving? How far? Like, what's the throw of the cockpit? Like, how far does it actually have to move to put you out in the exit? I thought all that stuff was really cool <laughs> and a really interesting um creative uh problem solving that they had to do so i'd like to see maybe how the ride evolves because like you said star tours has lots of different adventures i think the millennium falcon is the same way and also you're treated to a really awesome animatronic in the line which might be worth going back to and more but the biggest flagship ride isn't out yet that doesn't that doesn't uh head onto the scene until i think january or february so that's really going to transform things right now because i was actually surprised galaxy's edge wasn't too packed really because really you go there for the millennium falcon ride you grab your blue milk and then after that you know if unless you want to drop a ton of money for a lightsaber uh, your only other thing to do is to go to the cantina, which sadly we didn't get to do because I didn't realize that you needed a reservation to get into the cantina. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky that I had the, I downloaded the Disneyland app that day, so I could have made a reservation. But by the time we figured that out, it was already like 5 o'clock. And we hadn't even gone over to the other park yet, um, California Adventure. So um, uh, uh, hopefully next time I go back, I'll be able to do this brand new ride that's supposed to be pretty impressive. Like I've heard big talks from people saying that the the Rise of the Resistant ride is supposed to be pretty groundbreaking with the way they do rides. And then I like to check out the cantina. So uh, I'm sad to report the Millennium Falcon ride was underwhelming, but the blue milk was better than I thought it was going to be. So uh, 
that was my adventure at Disneyland yesterday. I'm very sore. I'm very old now, falling apart. So I'm glad I can just be sitting here in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah, you you old man. Uh, I I'm a see. I think I'm the other way. Like me and my wife, we powerhouse through five or four Disney parks in Florida, mm-hmm. and like I'm never tired. I'm like I love it. Let's do it again. Well, um, I mean, we we unfortunately our schedule forced us to go on a Saturday, and yeah. I was looking at the Disney calendar, and I think this was one of the last Saturdays of the year. Before before like all of the blackout dates start rolling in for people. So I think people were really packing into the park, really long wait lines for rides that we wanted to ride that we couldn't. So the strategy next time is to do our best to try to go on like a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something in the middle of the week. So uh, lots of different things to do, but you know, when your birthday falls on a Saturday and that's the only thing you can do, that's what you're stuck with. Mm -hmm. And I I also do recommend using the app the day before and the morning of on your way to the park, because Mm -hmm. you can definitely see if you can get in the things that you may not have been able to ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely, definitely agree with that sentiment for that. Um, So it was good. Glad you had a good time on your birthday, Mike, and you got to have the blue and the green milk and, um. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you'll get to go again and and try the new Star Wars ride because I had heard people were waiting for the new one and that's why the park numbers were down. So mm-hmm. that's good. It wasn't crowded because I hate crowded Disney parks. Yeah. So yeah. All right. What else, Mike? What else you got for me this week? Well, I think the last thing I can uh, recommend this week is an amazing animated Christmas movie on Netflix called Klaus. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been working on this one for a while. Uh, I I had to hunt down this teaser trailer that was released back in like 2015. Um, And uh, the teaser trailer actually looked surprisingly pretty close to the finished project. So I believe this is an animation studio out of Spain, I believe. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but I thought when I looked that up, that's where it was from. But uh, the director on the film has has written on, like, Despicable Me. He has a really long, long list of animation credits. So this is these are very much animation veterans that have worked on this project. And it just – it looks amazing. Like, I was strictly watching uh, – going in to watch this movie because I know it was going to look great. I was like, you know, even if the story's awful, you know, even if the – even if, like, the voice acting is just atrocious, it's at least going to look beautiful. Because if you watch the trailers for Klaus on Netflix, uh, you might be surprised to find out that it's not – 3D animated. It looks like it's a movie that's being 3D animated, but then kind of being downscaled to look like 2D animation. And that's not the case. It's it's totally hand-drawn, pencil animated. And then I, I believe they're doing some sort of post-production process where they're putting kind of like this lighting pass over all the frames, which like makes it look beautiful and somewhat three-dimensional. So uh, we watched Klaus on Friday night, and it was actually pleasantly surprising. Uh, uh, for a story that's telling you the origin of Santa Claus, it's surprisingly original. Uh, the voice cast is really fun. J.K. Simmons plays Klaus. Um, Rashida Jones uh, plays a school teacher in town. Um, forget the guy who plays the the mailman, but he was in a he's the, he's the kid from Rushmore, and he was the bad guy in Scott Pilgrim. I can't uh, I can't think of the I can't yeah think yeah of yeah the, uh, he he he. he um... Man, Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle. Yeah, exactly. He's got a yep. he's got a rich family lineage. But yeah, the movie just looked beautiful. Uh, it reminds me a lot in character animation and design. It, it kind of made me feel like a I was watching a inspirational sequel to Emperor's New Groove in a way because the main character kind of starts off in a similar kind of bratty fashion. So uh, it it's probably gonna. I feel like this could really end up being like a Christmas classic. So. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, uh, go check out Klaus on Netflix. It's it's one of the better Christmas movies I've seen in a really long time. 
I saw the first trailer for this maybe a week or two ago. I want to say, I don't know why. I wasn't watching, I wasn't looking it up. I didn't know anything about this. It just popped up like a week ago, and I don't know where I'd be watching trailers at either. So, um, <laughs> it's just really, it's just really weird. Oh, um, that's why when I went and saw the lighthouse, this was in theaters. Oh, cool. Um, oh yeah. This could be great to see in theaters. And that's why I had a trailer before a movie because it was in theaters. That yeah. makes sense. So, um, yeah, no, it looks fun. It looks like a, looks like a good, good time. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, it's on Netflix. You probably already have it, so it's basically free to go watch. I don't have Netflix, Mike. Well, what you find other you find other ways to watch things for free. Uh, guys. Know, if I want to find, it, I'll find it. Maybe it's on Disney Plus. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here. Um, I this was a, a thing because I don't know if anyone has ordered the Infinity Saga box set, that oh, expensive that, one, that huge maroon brick. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that that sits kind of awkwardly. Um, but apparently we've been talking about deleted scenes that were never seen in like on discs or release. Apparently all these are on bonus, the bonus disc features for these movies. Oh, is, is that, is that the explanation of that Iron Man deleted scene I'm seeing? Yes. Oh, that's floating around. Oh, okay. There's even like, in, there's infinity war scenes that we saw like previs four years ago and then they took mm-hmm. it out of the movie and it became there. Hulk busting out the Hulk buster scene is on this. That was cut from the movie because I have the toy behind me here, the pop vinyl. Oh, um, cool! Even Thor, as far back as Thor: The Dark World, has stuff on here. And uh, <laughs> we well, we talked about um, the the alternate take for Nick Fury on Iron Man One, even. Mm-hmm. So all those are coming out. So if anyone has that um, and wants to and just wants to share what those are and list those out, that'd be great. Because I, I can't find a, a full list online <laughs> right now. So. Slowly diminishing the quality of the box set because. I mean, I guess, I've seen people doing the math, breaking it down per price of disc of like, oh, really, you know, it's not a bad deal, you know, if you actually wanted to own all these 4K Blu-rays and stuff like that. But for a person like me, it, the only reason I would get it is for the exclusives. But, you know, we're two educated people in this world, Chris. We know they're all going to well, end up on YouTube. And I wouldn't say it diminishes the value. If you're a collector and you don't have any, this is a great yeah, well, entry. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's that, that's a whole different uh, wavelength. Yeah. yeah, if you're a collector, it doesn't really matter exactly what is – uh, but as invested as we've already been in this, like, yeah, I mm-hmm. just want the special features, man. I just want to see what's going on with this stuff. So mm-hmm. if anyone has that or knows anyone who has that and wants to, to send a list or sees a list anywhere online, let me know. I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Mike, this weekend, I've just been playing video games. Ooh, I, is it? The, this is the video game roundup yeah. bef- yep. uh, before we jump into the news. So We, we uh, are 20 me, minutes t- into the show. We haven't even got to the news yet. But, <laughs> tell me about these video games. So first and foremost, uh, for a lot of uh, fans, uh, listeners of the show here, Star Wars Fallen Order, the first single-player video game from Star Wars from EA, finally came out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to pick it up for Xbox. And let me tell you... Um, Mike knows my feelings on the Bloodborne game I attempted to play. Um, mm-hmm. Not good at it. Not good at it at all. <laughs> I'm not patient. I'm a hack and slasher. Um, and this Star Wars Fallen Order is not a hack and slasher. You have to be patient. You have to parry. You have to dodge. And you have to be very, very deliberate on your attacks, Mike. Uh-huh. Um, I will tell you, like, I I couldn't. It was so frustrating for me to learn that. Uh, <laughs> but I, it clicked for me today. And I'm like, I get it now. I, I know uh, what I'm doing. I know how to do this. 
Um, yeah, that that clicking moment is very important. That's something a lot of people talked about when Sekiro came out earlier this year, where uh, you're playing the game and you think you're playing like just any sort of a run and a run and slash game, uh, then you get destroyed and destroyed and destroyed. And everybody always reminisces about their click moment, where oh, I was fighting this boss and it all made sense. So mm-hmm. it's cool to hear that that's also in the Star Wars game. Yes, and then they have the um, the uh, these meditation spots in the game that are essentially like the Dark Souls games, where you have to go like save and re and heal and then like that's mm-hmm. your save point and if you die you go back to the last one however far away that was mm-hmm. so like it, it's, it's for me it was very frustrating at first but i've gotten over that learning curve and uh, one of the coolest things i picked up um in in one of these workbenches where you can customize your lightsaber early on is a double bladed lightsaber nice. so i've got a double bladed orange lightsaber i'm swinging around in this game if i want to uh, but you can turn it to single because single does more damage, but double does crowd control better. So mm-hmm. um, definitely having a good time with Star Wars, yeah. I'll tell you. I, I think the best piece of advice I have gotten from uh, kind of these uh, FromSoft games, which that's the studio that makes Sekiro and Bloodborne and Dark Souls, is play the game how the game is telling you to play it. Because usually if you're a pretty experienced uh, gamer, you're just like, okay, well, I got a sword, I got a gun, I know swords are for close hand play, I know guns are for long range, all right, this is how this is how we do it, I'm going to beat the game now. It's like, no, 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 like, pay attention to the tutorial. If it's telling you you have to block before you can hit, that's what you have to well, do. Well, this doesn't have that hands-on tutorial as much mm-hmm. um, for that because you don't, like, the, I mean, not, not to, not, not sorry, but you don't use your lightsaber at the beginning of the game for a while. Like, because you're, like, you're learning how to move and how, like, the level lays out. And, like, these things are what you jump and climb on, and these things mm-hmm. are what you run on. So, yeah. Um, it, it, you don't get a lot of that out the gate, and I think that might have been my problem. So, I had to go online, like, well, how do I do this without dying and getting pissed off? So, um, Fallen Order, definitely a, a good time. And I'm just getting now to the. Um, the part I haven't played a lot because I split it with another game where the um, the demo was from like E3 with uh, Saw Gerrera um, played mm-hmm. by Forrest Whitaker so I'm just now getting the Saw Gerrera so um, very very fun fun game so so what game are you splitting it with right now Chris? Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm unashamedly playing the new Pokemon Sword game <laughs> uh, Sword and Shield um, it's the first one made for the Switch fully for the Switch not a remake of the older games um, mm. And let me tell you, it looks great on a television, and it does not it it lets you skip any tutorial if you've already done that in the game. Like oh, rather great. than like, here's how you catch a Pokemon. Well, I know how to do that shit. I don't want to play this again. Uh, and it was like, oh, I see you already have some. We don't need to teach you. I'm like, awesome. Let's roll. So, <laughs> um, definitely learning what the new things are, how to level people up, and you just you have a whole bunch of new. Um, creatures to learn their their nitpicks but i just got into what's called the wild area in the game which is the huge open space huge huge open space where there's like wild pokemon walking out uh, and you run into them to battle them it kind of sounds like you're describing the uh hyrule fields you know in the in the legend of zelda games like the 3d ones where yeah. it's that big area in the middle that connects you to all the other hubs yeah so this like gets me to the like the next area but like there's some that are like there's a lot that are over leveled like i'm my highest level is like fifteen, and some of these are like thirty-three. Whoa. And they're like, they're like, you, you're not gonna be able to fight these, so you need to run, which is cool because it's not holding my hand the whole time. It's not like babying me through this area. Oh, like, great! Here's some underpowered ones you gotta fight first. Uh, so, I mean, I think these games have both of them. I think uh, give me different experiences, but I feel like they're not being nice video games to me, and I think that's a very fun experience to not be like handed me the video game as I go, but. 
Um, I've been doing that. So if anyone wants to connect with me on that one, let me know. I'll be more than happy. And uh, and Chris, you know, people are yelling at the microphone. They want to know who your starter is. So let them know. It's Score Bunny. It's the fire rabbit. And Everyone's he favorite bunny. He hops the entire time he's on the screen. Like he bounces so left or right on the foot. And I'm like, this is like, like I remember they were like little bit like 12 pixels wide, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I'm, I'm having a good time with it, and I haven't involved him yet. But they have this new feature called dy- Dynamaxing in your Pokemon Girl, like yeah, ginormous, but it only lasts three moves, which makes it very very strategic. You can't do it forever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's been it's been interesting. I, I want to see the online capabilities because we're, the Switch is now a, a console that has constant online capabilities. So I'm interested to see how this connects in, in the world as a whole. So hmm. going forward. But anyway, that's not what I'm doing. I woke up this morning and you know what the first thing I, I did this morning was? What's that? Turned on Disney Plus <laughs> because Disney Plus is out and it's on everything. My PlayStation, my Xbox, my Apple TVs. My iPad, are, my phone. We where are where in can I sign Disney, into it? I'm going to walk yeah. into it. We're in the Disney Plus era. Yeah, talking about uh, uh, signing signing into things, I, I was on Monday night, I was in bed, like, refreshing my phone, like, looking for these outlets where it was available. And I think the first place I installed it was uh, was my iPhone. Really? I, I saw mm-hmm. some people could get it on, on PlayStation early. I thought you had it on PlayStation. You tried to click the button. No, this was yeah earlier in the day, like Monday afternoon, because it was um it was a holiday, so I was just I was just at home in the middle of the day, and I pulled up my PlayStation, and I I could start to see the preview catalog on the PlayStation's like video TV page, um, and I knew these were all Disney shows, but the little box underneath it was just blank. It didn't say anything. So, and if you clicked into it, it would just say this content's not available yet. So uh, I was like, oh, they're getting ready. They're prepping things. Um, I don't know exactly where things were first available, but I was able to go to like Roku's website and PlayStation's Mm -hmm. website like later in the evening. And I was able to kind of like uh, queue these channels up, kind of confirm them so they would download whenever they were ready. But yeah, on Monday night I was I was in bed, downloaded it on iOS, and the the very very first thing that I streamed on Disney Plus was uh, season season one episode one of The Simpsons because I wanted to know if it was in widescreen or if it was in standard aspect ratio, and I was sad to see that all of my classic, all of the best Simpsons have all been stretched and cropped. Yes, but they have acknowledged this and are fixing it for us to get yeah. early twenty twenty for people who are not. Yeah happy with this because i didn't go yeah. to simpsons like that, the first thing i went to with this was literally and we'll talk about this later the mandalorian because i'm like yeah. i gotta see this but there's well, so much content there oh my god oh yeah i mean i i had a blast i've been having a blast just going through the uh the animated content category because there's just so much stuff i didn't th- i didn't remember like i remember that there's a show called bonkers about isn't like a police cat or something like that or a cat and a, a badge or something i don't know i was like oh yeah this show yeah, looks bonkers, familiar yeah. i um I put on like a tailspin because I, I just wanted to hear the theme song again. I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, do you remember tailspin? And exactly. And then, so I was just bouncing around and then revisited like the first two episodes of earth's mightiest heroes, which yes. I can't 
recommend more and more the the storytelling is so sophisticated like you start watching it and you're really surprised kind of some of the restraint that they have because you always know that you're watching a cartoon show that has a little bit more um control over their narrative when they're okay with just having a moment of like quiet you know there's no there's not like a zany sound effect or like a punch being thrown like there's just some contemplative moments for the characters which i say is a really big deal for a kid's cartoon so very much on par with like justice league animated series when it comes to like you know the audience that they're going for and the type of storytelling so i'm kind of hoping enough people out there start watching some of this stuff that we really really loved and got canceled so it gets brought back yeah, or at least like, hey, here's some stories that people really enjoy, or here's things that maybe if they come back to it, because Earth's Minus Heroes were replaced by the Avengers Assemble show, and they were just really capitalizing off the movie stuff, and uh-huh. and EMH did not uh, at, at all been to the movies. No, so. it felt it felt very much like they were animating like a comic book story, like a, you know yeah. they weren't being slaves to anything that was on the TV. Yeah. I mean, on, I've been I've been screens. watching a lot. I probably watched twelve episodes of that because that first two, and you said this like the first two episodes breakout are like huge, like that. This is what the show is going to be about for a while. So mm-hmm. enjoy these villains. Yeah, and they actually and they take a lot of risks too. I mean, like Black Widow starts off as basically a bad guy. Iron Man doesn't even know who Hawkeye is in like the first episodes, and he's just like running around. I was like, this is really great. They're taking a lot of uh, initiative to tell a unique uh, story. So I love any chance to talk about Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So you got to go watch that. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the way the catalog is organized, I think I don't know. I think it's alphabetically, but that one like one of the first tiles when you go to the animated section it's so it's all this content i mean okay back going back up so there's 10 million signups on this so 10 million people are using this and there was a little bit of hiccups on launch day but i didn't run into any did you neither did i i was actually really shocked i only had one bump where i was watching something and then when the episode ended instead of playing the very next one i had like an error screen but all i had to do was hit the back button and then the next one i could just start playing right away so i was really shocked i heard some some outlets were reporting that like oh well disney plus launch but who knows if you if you could even watch it on launch day and i was like wow that's a lot of sass because well, like it, i experienced it's nothing it's yeah, all like, clickbait like it went like down all of maybe the, a minute yeah like all of the apps downloaded perfectly i i haven't had a single hiccup it's been great i logged in my avatar is for my profile is thanos i will tell you first <laughs> and foremost so i i picked wally myself there um now then there is tons of content and what i like is the search feature built in is is very easy to use like they don't overburden the menu with lots of things like you go to on on the apple tv to the left you go to search and just type it in or or speak to siri whatever and it does it so mm-hmm. i really like the interface to find that content and um, as you pointed out a lot of the movies have special features and deleted scenes yeah uh, i watch them I actually don't know how common that is out there because usually when I'm watching something on like Netflix, I just hit play and I start watching it because I know Netflix does have options where if you kind of dig into the menu a little bit, you'll find some extra bonus content. So I don't know if there's maybe some Netflix original movies out there that have commentary. I don't really know what the deal is. Maybe something like Stranger Things might have some more additional stuff on there, but I thought it was really cool because when I went to Endgame and I looked at the, the screen with the extra content, it kind of gave me the feeling of like opening up a movie on iTunes that you right. purchased and it shows you the extras. So I was like, oh, well, this is great. This well, is a definitely an added bonus. My, my, my guess is when people or streaming services license this stuff, they only license the main movie and never even thought about the extra content. And simply mm-hmm. because Disney already has it, they're like, well, we can just throw it on here. 
Yeah, it's a huge bonus of getting it right from the source. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. However, I will tell you the most frustrating thing about this service so far is when I go back to a show after doing something else and want to watch it, it just starts on episode one. There's no pickup where you left off, so you just have to guess and remember where it is. Yeah, exactly. I was watching watching some stuff um, from my uh, work computer, and then when I moved over to the television, I was like, what? I have to go back. Like uh, These are hopefully just day one things that they will end up fixing very quickly, so hopefully we won't progress too far into any catalog. Well, this will be a real big bummer, but... um, uh, there's other things that are kind of uh, a little wonky too. Like there's no like um, like you said, if there's no place to pick up where you left off, that means that there's no like there's no like queue section. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you go to Netflix, they're like, oh, finish watching this. Or even if I like pull up Hulu, um, there's like a Hulu or HBO. There's usually a section telling me, oh, this is what you've been watching. Jump back in. Right. Yeah, Disney Plus right now just kind of seems very bare bones. They, they have a watch list. But again, it's not where you picked up at. Uh-huh. So that's I, I mean, I guarantee you that will be the first feature they add before before the end of the year. I'd put money on that. They're like, yep, uh-huh. here our our bad. Here you go. Um, they probably even had the app in testing. They were just making sure they could handle all the traffic at first. Yeah, maybe. So, but I mean, that's I'm 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 really really digging it to say the least. Yeah, um, I I I mean, I uh, we're about to talk about some of the original programming, but. Uh, I haven't watched too much original stuff yet. I want to watch that uh, reality show Encore with Kristen Bell where she's bringing back theater groups. Mm-hmm. haven't checked out the Jeff Goldblum show yet. So there's some originals that I haven't dove in. Imagineering? Uh, I want to see that one. Yeah, I want to see that too. Uh, can you guess the very first thing I watched in full, Chris, on Disney Plus? I don't think you'll ever guess. Um, on Disney Plus. Uh, is, it, is it an original or not original? I guess it's, uh, not, it's something that we've both watched before. We have both watched this. Was it Avatar? <laughs> the first thing that I rewatched was uh, Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> because I, uh, I, I, one, I just kind of wanted to, to mess with their algorithm a little bit. I just kind of wanted to see some sort of like a, a nerd pushing up his glasses in front of a computer screen. At least this is how I was visualizing it. I was like, oh my god, we're seeing a spike in Thor: The Dark World. I can't believe it. Oh. But I, I was just, I was working on stuff, and I kind of just needed something passively in the background. And I was like, this is exactly what I wanted Disney Plus for. Thor: The Dark World is not a movie that I necessarily wanted to go out of my way to purchase to watch for the longest time it wasn't really streaming anywhere either i mean that's one of the reasons why it's on disney plus right now because its streaming rights weren't tied up anywhere else so i was just like this is a perfect time i I don't have to pay any money and i can just uh, watch it and uh my takeaways are i still miss darcy she was she's a fun light-hearted addition to the mcu i'd love to see her come back well you you don't listen to our show because she's in wandavision well you know that's what i'm saying (laughs) i'm I'm loving to see her i'm gonna love to see her come back yep um and uh, all, but all the other stuff, the Dark Elf stuff, yeah, it all still stands how we all thought it did. So, uh, but yeah, yeah that's the first thing I jumped into, Thor: The Dark World. Not a good, like the tone of that movie is all over the place. But that's that's not a conversation for today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I, I did uh, Mandalorian uh, first and foremost um, because I was like, I need I need to watch this as soon as I get home. I thought about putting it on at work, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, every, everyone kept grabbing my iPad. They were like, what What's on here? What 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 What, what content can I watch? Um, and so, and there was a very big divide. Like a lot of people, like the younger people, like, Oh, Lizzie McGuire. I'm like, no, I missed that. And then I, I would talk about, you know, like, um, the older, older shows, uh, from like the nineties and, and some other people like, yeah, I remember those. Then even like the older people were like, Oh, these old live acts, like Darby O'Gill and the little people or whatever it's called. Uh, I was like, there's, there's content for everybody in the streaming uh-huh. service for sure. So we love it. We like it. 
we got three. I got three years of it. You got three years of it. So I got three years. Well, of yeah, it. we're we're hooked. We can't we can't <laughs> get out. But the first thing we did was the Mandalorian, the the biggest show, the most expensive probably show they put on here. Uh, probably next to Lady and the Tramp, you know that live action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the first episode came out on Tuesday. The second episode came out this Friday. We are going to talk about it. There are probably things in here that they're not spoilery because we don't know what the show is going to do. But there are things mm-hmm. that have been leaked online that you can go on Facebook and see what's happening. But if you want to skip this and you don't want to listen to any of it because you're not seen it yet. You can read the time codes and jump to the next section. But yeah. we're just going to give we, you that, that <laughs> heads up before we did. Yeah, we were talking about it before we started recording the show because I think, Chris, you put it uh, – I think you put it very, very well. Anything that could be spoilery is just already out there in just full force on social media right now. So I, I was telling people – I was telling some people after – I think on like Wednesday – I was saying, you ha- if you haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, you gotta go watch it because people are just very passively kind of sharing the reveals and the spoilers already. So you you gotta get on top of this Mandalorian, which goes to show you this is gonna be a weekly Friday night watch show that you gotta get on. I don't know if it's ever gonna get to kind of Game of Thrones type of level, but it, it, it's going to show you that if you if you wanna if you wanna keep up, I, make sure you're watching. I it. might set my alarm thirty minutes earlier every Monday or every Friday to watch it in the morning because I don't want to get hit. With news throughout the day oh i didn't even think about that i, I would much prefer to watch the show on friday night you know sit down with my lady with some yeah. snacks maybe with dinner and watch it so hopefully people will be respectful like i would say at the very least wait until sunday night or monday to kind of start blasting out spoilers that's going to be my recommendation to the world if i could recommend anything yeah but until further ado we're going to talk about it a little bit and the first and foremost thing, uh, just to get it out of the way here, is that the asset is, in fact, a Baby Yoda species. Oh, my gosh, Baby Yoda. And Baby Yoda is just personified more as the cutest thing in the galaxy in Episode 2. Oh, my God. Yeah. The whole ep- – I mean, my my wife's not a, a gigantic Star Wars fan. I mean, she hadn't rewatched the original trilogy in full until we were pretty much deep into our relationship. But even her, she was just like, Oh my God, this thing is so cute. And I was just like, Disney is going to make so much money off of this merchandise. (laughs) Well, well, first and foremost, I didn't see this coming. That's that was a huge, I I was like, it's probably something, a person or, or something, but then come to find out this is exactly what is a force sensitive, Whatever Yoda species is, they've never given him a name, so we're going to refer to him as Baby Yoda going forward. Mm-hmm. Or Baby Yaddle, if we want to go back to episode one, but that's the <laughs> And uh, the little, um, little he, he is awesome in all the right ways, and he's uh, just like a dog, like the way um, <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian keeps, like, he's got like that floating baby thing he uses yeah. his to guide it around. Uh, is is just wild. And what I noticed was I was watching episode two today, and there, um, the first episode is very dialogue heavy, right? You get Werner mm-hmm. Herzog giving us about the speech, and you know, going to get this stuff, and a really cool introduction of IG Eleven, uh, mm-hmm. the assassin droid. Uh, him and Boba Fett, or not Boba Fett, the Mandalorian team up and like take them down. All these people like who have this Vo- baby Yoda, voiced by Taika Waititi, which yeah. is kind of hard to pick out because they're putting a very a robotic kind of filter over yeah. his voice. So unless it's really hard to pick out the New Zealand kind of twang. Yeah, and he's not like playing his over the top like Korg character either. Like mm. very very reeled in. Um, uh, I think he's coming back. I've seen. I didn't see some footage in there with him that I've seen in other stuff. So another IG Eleven maybe might show up later. I'm, I'm interested to see. But 
uh, episode two had very very minimal dialogue and the atmosphere in this show has set it so far above everything else like it is just phenomenal that they don't have to talk you're interested in this this faceless character with a baby yoda hunting down these hairy eggs for jawas right so like (laughs) I, I'm I'm just I'm very impressed with the show and how it's done so much so quickly and on a on a quality scale that's like a thirty minute show. Like I'm just blown away by all the all this perfect storm coming together. Yeah. Uh, so so I'll 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 start wide here real quick and I'll say uh the beginning and endings, they're doing two things that I really love. Um there's a brand new kind of Star Wars logo that they've introduced in front of the yes. Mandalorian, which is kind of like these light strobes going around kind of I think they're like helmets or faces, like C three PO, uh uh Stormtrooper helmet, I think one's Vader and I don't know if there is is there like a Kylo helmet. There's that, a Kylo helmet, a R two D two a uh, Mandalorian helmet, um, yeah, like the red and blue, like looks like a lightsaber lights glaring off those, like it's yeah. a big black background. So it looks like they're going to be using maybe this logo to kind of brand their expanded Star Wars universe, which I thought was pretty cool. Very subtle because uh, there's no title crawl. I was kind of wondering if there, if there was going to be a title crawl in front of this, but it looks like kind of this is our kind of avenue of jumping in. Of course, accompanied with the Lucasfilm logo, which is just always gives me the tinglys when I see that because you are you already know you're about oh. to get something pretty impressive. Time out. The Star Wars movies are 4K UHD on Disney Plus, the originals. By oh the way. yeah, mm-hmm. and they save. I think they do the Fox intro in the beginning now. They don't do the they they do the old style. So that you made me think of the intro. They actually do the oh, Fox okay. fanfare. So sorry, back to back um, to Mandalorian. But no, that, that's uh that's great. Um, and then also at the very end. Over the credits, they show the concept art for that episode, which yeah. I think is great. And it looks like they're officially releasing that concept art, you know, after the episode airs. So you can go check out all that stuff. I don't know what avenue it's coming out of, but I found Imager albums that had them. So I thought that was really cool. And then the music is great. I don't believe it's John yeah. Williams. No, but it is not. It's, um, it's oh, kind of, I it's, saw his name it, today. It's got its own flair to it because you kind of start to get kind of more classic orchestral horns, but then you'll get like these kind of like savage kind of drum beats coming in through the bottom. So they're really kind of setting the Mandalorian apart from the Star Wars universe just with sound, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so the driving kind of bass through that music is really cool. So whenever the credits roll up, I'm always just like, yeah, that was an awesome episode. I'm getting this concept art. I'm getting this music. So even from the outsets, just the aesthetic of everything is just great. So I'm loving all of that stuff. Um, but as of right now, I'm I'm very conflicted on this show because it's extremely entertaining. Very high budget. Looks beautiful. I feel like I'm watching AAA premium Star Wars content for sure. But I feel like I haven't quite gotten into a narrative yet. Because like you said, uh, you, you mentioned off mic, your, your wife was saying... I love how short these episodes are because you don't have to dedicate like you know so much time to consuming it, but also she hates that they're so short because you want more of it, and I can totally agree with that. But also at the same time is I feel like I've watched two short films right now. You know, I feel like I've uh, I feel like there's some sort of Mandalorian movie coming out in 2020, and these were two short films produced to kind of get me hyped for the movie. So I'm hoping over the next um, six episodes that we kind of delve more into a narrative because right now the Mandalorian is giving off Carl Urban um, dread vibes you know they've mentioned uh, Mandalorians and if they do or don't take their helmet off so I wonder if we're ever going to see Pedro Pascal's face in the show or not Um, 
So right now we have this uh, faceless uh, protagonist that doesn't talk too much. Uh, so he doesn't really have much to go off of. He has this amazing character that we get to see a little bit more in episode two. I don't remember his his name, but I think it's played by Nick Nolte, Nick, right? Nick Nolte. He's got the yeah. face a little bit even, but he's all yeah. robotic mouth. And he ends all of his very strong statements in I have spoken, which is just great because that makes me feel like I'm in a Star Wars universe because you got weird characters doing weird stuff that you wouldn't see kind of in our galaxy or our planet, if you will. Uh, so I love it when he has other people to play off of. So I'm kind of waiting to see how he develops because right now he's just very faceless. I'm, we don't well, really know much about him. So I, we're in a very we're in a very mysterious zone right now. I I disagree because I think you learn a lot about him in the first episode. He was a foundling. I think we're going to see more about his history, but like he was thrown into this thing while his family was under attack from the Empire, and then he's giving his money that he gets from his bounties to this like the orphanage or whatever for Mandalorians. Yeah. I was very shocked to see more Mandalorians in the first episode. I was like, wow, they're really, they're really stretching this out. And that gave him the, uh, the, the characteristics like, yes, he's giving money for these orphans, these foundlings. And that's why he doesn't kill the baby Yoda. And he takes it under his, his wing and kills IG 11, who was going to kill it. Uh, So So it's like, I don't know. I think there's going to be something where he doesn't give up this kid and it causes problems with the guild and the or the empire that he was I, doing this for. I should I should go back and rewatch that uh, scene where he's interacting with that blacksmith in the first episode because I felt like there was a lot that I missed because you're saying that he was he was donating his credits and I must have missed that line because I didn't realize he was doing that. Um, I was kind of more I was trying to figure out what the hell he was doing with that like imperial that imperial like uh uh metal metal, that metal so it says like they were saying like oh i'm glad it's back to where it belongs so like are they trying to infer that the empire kind of went to mandalore and stole a bunch of their um their vibranium basically and they're trying to get the vibranium back and then did they melt that down and turn that into his armor uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, because that was rad, that was super cool. I'm pretty sure in the um, Mandalorian, the Clone Wars stuff, that they, they say that there's Mandalorian armor that's mine there, and like mm-hmm. because I I think Mandalore was uh, like not destroyed, but like totally ruined mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars. That um, that it's, it's hard to find. So because because you know, I it, it's still rare. Because I was thinking it's like oh man, this is this has like video ma- video game mechanic written all over it. You go to all you go on all these different missions. You retrieve all of your sacred metals that were stealing yeah. from the Empire. Then you bring it back to a, a a central hub and they melt it and they put it on your body. Like that was so cool. So I'm excited to see like maybe after a couple seasons, like is his armor gonna slowly change? Is gonna upgrade? So man, there's just there's so much to talk about in this. Uh, Baby Yoda, the first thing I did was Google what species is Yoda, and, and I was surprised to see that there it was it's never, never been mentioned out of yeah. all of this lore from like the 70s onward that it's never been mentioned. I'm just like, oh, this is really exciting territory. So that means to be we're going to find out in the show. You know that, right? Yeah, which is great. So it makes me wonder are all kind of Yoda creatures force sensitive? You know, is it is it just this child? You know, uh, obviously it kind of makes sense why they want this thing captured or killed now because it's an asset. Um, I'm and I'm also kind of curious how famous was Yoda in the Star Wars universe? Like, you know, does the Mandalorian have any idea that this creature looks similar to somebody that? fought the Emperor Palpatine in the Galactic Senate a while ago or you know I'm those yeah. are kind of things that I'm curious about 
I mean, this is I mean, this is five years after um, Return of the Jedi, so that's like thirty mm-hmm. something years since before he was even like thing. So they may mm-hmm. not know, but this is only the third time we've ever seen one of these species ever. Um, with with y- Yoda and Yaddle, it's, and and Nep- and Phantom Menace and, and Yoda and all the other movies. So I I mean, it looks like they're naturally born to be force sensitive. So that's why the that the Werner Herzog's like I don't care if we have it. This little creepy scientist dude that was there could like you know turn it evil. But if it's dead, it's just like one less force thing to deal with because mm-hmm. the, the species seems to be rare. But I, there's a lot we don't know. And what I, again, what I'm, I'm gonna love is watching this every week uh, oh and God. figuring out that that mystery as we go. Because man, it's so good. This is oh so good. And also, Baby Yoda makes the cutest noises. It just it just sounds he, like just a, like a just a dribbling little infant. It's so cute. He wanted to heal the Mandalorian, and he kept putting him back in the thing. He's, he's <laughs> just like, no, thing. get back in your fucking cage. It's and, great, and, it, it, whatever little animatronics are using to make him like look real on, and like move around on the ground is so good. Like, yeah, it, it's. It seems, to be, it seems to be a mixture. Like, Star Wars is so unique now to where puppets are its aesthetic. So even though you see Baby Yoda walking on the ground like it's a puppet, you know, it's just kind of waddling back and forth. You know, if you had x-ray visions, you'd be like, legs don't work like that. No one can walk around like that. But that is how things in the Star Wars universe have – that's how we've been taught that they move. So it's kind of – it's like this uh, – John Favreau really – he really understands what he's doing, which makes me really excited for the next episode. Yeah, next season because they got season two on the way so yeah boy yeah definitely i mean that means he doesn't die at the end so at least we got me unless he does and there's another mandalorian all right anyway uh back to disney plus shows um expanding the universe did you get a chance to watch this one yet in the marvel section no i haven't checked it out yet 12 minute thing and it it, remember all that stuff we didn't get to see at, (laughs) at uh san diego comic-con or d23 mm-hmm. so a lot of that footage has been compiled to show what phase four looks like um so like the actual footage from the event the footage they showed and more was all there concept oh, arts cool. and all sorts in this little 12 minute thing and i'm gonna go through a couple of these things here first um we talked about falcon and the winter soldier and they had um the guy who plays baron zemo sending that creepy message about like mm-hmm. i'll be looking for you. so they actually showed some of that footage with him and his mask um Wearing the purple Zemo mask. Oh, that like makes that makes sense because I was I was seeing a lot of this concept art popping up this week online, and I didn't know where it was coming from. So yes. now I know the origin. Yes. So the the full I think it's four K stuff. So they were able to screenshot that. Um, so if you want to see what that that looks like, because that that show is filming underway right now. Uh, Hawkeye, bunch of con- Hawkeye concept art I've never seen before. Uh, showed Jeremy Renner and some nondescript, you know, dark-haired woman playing the younger Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. But then there's one with the pizza dog from yes. the Hawkeye series. This is, it sounds like they're definitely going Matt Fraction here. Yeah, very fun, very loose. It looked like the, Hawkeye was doing the sitcom thing where he's casting a side eye at her. I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're going to have some fun here. Uh, what you're going to really enjoy in this, Mike, is they actually show animation actual footage from the what if series so you can see what this looks like in motion uh mostly when peggy carter gets the super soldier serum and marvel zombies oh i'm gonna have to go check this out now yeah 12 minutes it's 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 an easy easy digest and then we also get to see some stuff from the watcher and he looks very ethereal kind of thing so Mm. um and the voiceover from the 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 actor i forget his name jeffrey Wright. yeah 
yeah. Commissioner Gordon. Yes, upcoming Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool uh, to check it out. Uh, Loki, one of the producers, says the show has a time travel component. Well, okay, that this, makes sense. <laughs> um, which makes a lot more sense now. And then they have also, this is not in this, but they cast actress Sofia De Martino. And the rumor is she's possibly a female version of Loki. Uh, she recently starred in, um, what was the uh, the Beatles thing yesterday? She was a co-star. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that film yet. But yeah, I just googled her. She does not look familiar. So yeah, uh, uh, nothing nothing wrong with that. She <laughs> could be Loki or the uh, possibly Enchantress because she had the blonde hair there and they've not used her yet anywhere. So oh yeah, that's true. And Enchantress plays a huge part in her Smitty's Heroes. In case anybody mm-hmm. doesn't know. Uh, so that with with that knowledge, to, Loki has a time travel component, and he's he is off doing a different um, thing. I think this is he's going to cause a multiverse if there's a female version of Loki in this. He is going to be the reason that kicks off into Doctor Strange multiverse of madness as well. So mm. kick it on that. And then lastly, uh, one of the big things in there, they, they even included some of the reveals from the She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight stuff. Uh, but they did confirm that these three characters will meet we will meet them on a Disney Plus show but they will go into the movies now. Oh, so you're saying that these characters are going to show up on the big screen in some way? Yes, and back and forth. Everyone can go everywhere, but they I may mean, not be introduced right away in the movies. I mean, that's the that's the thing that everybody was hoping for in Endgame. Like, you know, if you're bringing all of these characters in, like, you know, just just throw us a bone and maybe throw Charlie Cox, you know, in the background as Daredevil, just so you can say he was technically there. But that was a problem with uh, you know Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV being separate. So now that Feige's in control of this all. Yeah, this will be this will be rad. Yeah, and that means that the Disney Plus shows have a little more weight than just being there. And then, hope if they never get another season, no big deal. But like, mm-hmm. they can pull these characters in when they need them to. Like, I like to see like a Hulk, like uh, Mark Ruffalo showing up in She Hulk as well, and yeah. back and forth. So I, I mean, I'm this very is excited. this is this is very impressive, Chris. Because even as as short as like a year ago, when everyone, including us, was speculating about the phases going forward, I think we thought Marvel was resting like all of their longevity on getting like these new characters back, like adding Fantastic Four into the mix, uh, getting the X Men back into the fold, and just making more movies. But no, they've they've totally reinvented what it's going to be like moving forward with Marvel. Because not only are we getting these premium streaming shows, but everything's going to be jumping back and forth. And I was not expecting any of this yeah yeah and that's that's really you know they're really doubling down on it and um i'm I'm very very excited for that and not only do they just say this bob Iger committed to four marvel movies a year a couple weeks ago right and now they added five more dates uh through the 2022 and 2023 including one new one in 2022 and four in 2023 Wow. Including a brand new spot in 2020, October. They've never put a movie in October before, in case you didn't know that. Maybe it'll be a spooky movie. Yeah, so right now we have February, May, July, and October for Marvel in 2022. The first year we've had four ever movies, not including Disney Plus shows. I think 2021's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven properties in 2021 right now. I mean, do do we have any indication on what is supposed to be the last film 
in the next phase of Marvel because no. I know because 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 Blade was supposed to be uh, Phase Five, right? You know they they brought um, they brought him up on stage to be like, hey, we're making this Blade movie, but it, yeah, he's not the next phase. It's a phase after that. Settle down, everybody. Right. Uh, so it seems like are any of these newly announced movies supposed to be for Phase Four or is this all Phase Five? They've never they've never really. Com- I mean, I thought everything they announced there was Phase Four, but then they added Black Panther two in later at D twenty three. So, which is May 2022. So I I don't know. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they're going to try to blur the lines between phases now. Maybe like I mean, they've obviously said that they're going to try to do smaller events now, not necessarily big ones. So maybe we're not really going to have a, a big definitive phase ender. Uh, maybe it'll be up for discussion. You know, maybe it'll be like, oh well, I think phase four ended here. Oh, well, I think phase four ended here. Well, I don't I, really know. I don't think they'll go. I think they'll be very definitive. I, but I think it won't be. They, all of them ended in an Avengers movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. I think. I think the thing is like, there's a new status quo, and whatever that status quo is at the end of that quote unquote phase will be the, the end of the phase. Mm-hmm. Um, because none of these, we have no Avengers movie. But if we had an Avengers movie, I would bank on it May fifth. 2024 or 2023 um mm-hmm. because that would be what four years after this yeah and, and you know they usually go three for avengers movies so uh, and by and by may i think you mean they'll move it up a week and they'll actually technically put it in april they'll probably put it in march <laughs> at this point i i don't know but um th- these are some really i mean this is our our, our page the upcoming Superhero movies on our page, um, superherosite.com, is updated with all these, so you can see what's coming. Um, and, yeah, I was, and it's mostly I was, Marvel than anything at this point. So yeah, I was just about I was just about to plug that. Yeah, go to superherosite.com and click on upcoming releases, and we got it all there, nicely itemized. You won't have to you won't have to slog through stupid slideshows or ads. It's just a nice text based list, very easy to get through. Yeah, uh, and very very excited, and and um, it, I we always update at the top when it was updated, so you never know you're looking at an old page because mm-hmm. I want you to know that we update this whenever we we get these news. So, with that, but with this release also came out a couple other things. New Mutants is still on Disney's release schedule for um, February or April third, twenty twenty. Now, Chris, I'm, I'm not. Not trying to kill the messenger here. I know you're just delivering the news, but I'm not going to believe any of this new mutant stuff until I actually see it. You know, we've only had like we've had like what two trailers now. I think one, one. was kind of a teaser. Was uh, is it really still just one? Well, it was the original one. Uh, okay, so we're still. I mean, there's just I don't know. I I feel like they're just going to try to hide this in a dumpster. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, well, so uh, either way, it still makes me very curious. The the four years they put out for it was twenty 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 one two three. Everything still had Fox movies on them. Every page, mm-hmm. untitled Fox movie, untitled Fox movie. So I'm like. Maybe they'll release it and then just like put that under whatever the bucket of Fox is, and it'll just happen and be like, "This was a, a Fox uh, loss or or gain, whatever it ends up being." But I mean, we're 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 getting closer to April, and I don't know. I mean, will they pull it? Will they put it on Disney Plus? Whatever. But I mean, by, the only- if they don't have it by January, I mean. That I I'm feel ex- like it's locked in. Yeah, I'm expecting two things that would come out of this film. Either they just bury it. And nothing ever comes of it, and it might still technically get released, but it's not going to contribute to anything at all. 
or it's B... Not, even if you, they do, it's not going to contribute anything at all, but continue. Well, I think it could contribute. Like, if it comes out and there's like maybe one standout character, maybe they really like Maisie Williams' character for some reason, and they could bring her back later when the X-Men are fully fleshed out, you know, in a few years down the line, bring Maisie Williams back, and then she just has like a one-off line in the movie where she was just like, oh yeah, I was trapped in an insane asylum once or something like that, and then that's it. That's her only uh, That's her only well, tie-in back to the New Mutants. But, either direct either direction the movie does not really go anywhere this is essentially i mean if they want it to tie in they can if not they don't have to this is like the incredible hulk of of these mutant movies right mm-hmm. like if they like you said they could pull a character forward if they want to they could reference it but they never have to and they never really have again in the mcu about the incredible hulk you know but they pulled general ross forward so uh mm-hmm. it's 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 weird but i think if they don't say anything else by january 1 this is locked in that's like three month window to do it so uh we'll we'll see but on that note the king's man was pushed back until september um as well which you know it was in february now september i mean those aren't bad months so i don't know i mean if i remember correctly uh weren't the kingsman movies always kind of late summer releases i feel like the first one was valentine's day oh well wasn't the sec i felt like the second one might have been October. Maybe I'm wrong here. The Kingsman 2 might have been, but the first one was definitely um, no September. Yeah. So this is in mm-hmm. line with the Golden Circle. No, there you go. So they, they went with the second one instead of the first one for release dates. But I think this has to do with the new Sonic the Hedgehog redesign <laughs> um, coming out. Uh, also February 14th, which is originally Kingsman was. So we have our new Sonic the Hedgehog redesign in the new trailer. And let me tell you what, this was fun. <laughs> this this trailer was fun compared to the first one. Not even the design, just in general. Well, does your is your opinion still holding true from the first trailer that we watched that we talked about where I believe you said that no matter what Sonic looks like, this probably isn't going to be a good movie either way? Oh, I don't I mean there's nothing about this that says, "Oh my god, you got to see this. This is going to change your world." <laughs> but at the same time, I've also seen posts like, you know, they actually the studio and the director listened and made a change. Um, so should we support that at least? Well, I mean, there was some ter- there was some uh, turmoil out there where um, somebody on the VFX team ended up deleting this tweet afterwards. Which, as we say on this show, usually if the tweet's deleted, means it was it's there's true. probably some legitimacy behind it. But they were saying the design that we see in this new trailer was one of the original designs. Like that was the design pushing. And I don't know who the hell came through that studio and decided to go with the weird, freaky version of Sonic that wound up in the first trailer. But I'm imagining the a lot of uh, disgruntled people felt vindicated when this trailer came out because everybody was very very excited to kind of see sonic as they know him near and dear to their heart to look more like a cartoon character um i i'm still holding true to the same things that uh we said when the first trailer came out uh yeah it just this doesn't look like it's going to be a very good movie Uh, like the story points and the elements all seem very generic I know people are really excited to see Jim Carrey come back as a goofball again, but I think he just kind of looks stupid. Like, you know, in the first trailer, they had like a they had like a you basic joke or a talk to the hand style joke. I don't remember exactly what the line was, but I just my eyes rolled out of the back of my head when I heard that. And I don't feel like that joke is cut. You know, I feel like that joke is still going to be in the movie. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I approve the new design. It seems like the, it seems like it's still not quite polished yet. Like some of the textures on Sonic 
weren't as fleshed out as the textures that we saw in the first trailer. So I expect him to look progressively a little bit uh, more detailed and uh, um, just a higher resolution. It seems like they tried to get this trailer out as quick as possible once the models were about like 85% of the way there. So... um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Twitter freaked out. They were going on and on about how great this was, but I, your your question uh, is yeah. definitely is definitely out there. Of are these people actually going to go see the movie now? Yeah, and and if you do, do you do it because that you show you put your money where like, hey, a studio, listen, thank you. Here's our money. Or is it one of those like, well, I mean, if it comes in the reviews are like, no, this is a bland video game movie is it yeah but they even say in this trailer this time was different he's like from a different world so why did they make him look real if he's from a different world to begin with that it doesn't make any sense yeah i don't know chris chris i don't know i just i don't know we just work here (laughs) and we don't even get paid so it's fine uh there's a book out called slugfest the 50 year rival of marvel versus dc and that's being turned into a TV series or the web series by Joe and Anthony Russo producing it, uh, this docu series by the same name, and it will debut debut exclusively on Quibi. <laughs> Quibi, I knew we were going to. Well, I was like, you... we were going to talk about the Quibi. <laughs> Here it is. This this uh, Joe and and Anthony Russo produced uh, Marvel vs. DC yeah. docuseries. So, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I mean, if uh, if you're not familiar with Quibi, it's a streaming platform uh, coming out uh, early next year. Everything's going to be short form, digestible content. I think their max is like 10 minutes per episode. I think it's going to be app only based yes, too. I don't mo- think this mobile is mobile only. No, yeah, I don't think there. this is something that you're going to be throwing up on your Apple TV or PlayStation only through your phone. Well, you can so. you can uh, AirPlay. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Actually, um, AirPlay right now is the only recommended way to watch Disney Plus through older Vizio TVs because I guess some of Vizio's uh, TV components are just like so old and janky they can't even run the Disney Plus app. So uh, that's boy. a that's a that's a whole other story if you're stuck with an old Vizio, I guess. Uh, but man, it's always, I always look forward to Quibi news because it's just, um, uh, I think, what is it? Alan Horns, some, some old Disney exec is at the head of this. So I'm really curious to see what happens with it. Well, what's interesting about this is one of these shows, like, do I even want to watch it? Uh, first and foremost, because if Joe and Anthony Russo are producing it, I feel like they're biased because they work for Marvel. Uh, and <laughs> that's, also, that's true. And, but maybe since they're on a separate platform now on Quibi, maybe they'll f- feel a little bit more open to kind of tell both sides of the story yeah i mean possibly uh, the other thing i think of is um you know it's based on a book and the stuff you can just go google and find out so i hopefully they bring some flavor or whoever's in charge of it adds something to it like worth watching mm-hmm. so um it doesn't feel that way so yeah so that's 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 on the on the way uh from another streaming service uh speaking of streaming services that are still going titans has been officially renewed for season three for DC Universe. They did not mention HBO Max on this one. Yeah, I was surprised. I was waiting for the end of the trailer uh, uh, or, or the teaser or whatever it was to see the uh, to see the the HBO Max logo on there. So my conspiracy uh, branded mine goes to, goes to this is either going to be the last season or if there is another season, I feel like it's got to be HBO Max branded, right? Because by the time a fourth season would be in production, HBO Max would all be would already be a fully realized thing. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I think there's a lot more popularity for Doom Patrol, and they were like, look, this show's very expensive, and we need HBO to help budget fund it. 
and Titans doesn't need that funding and probably isn't as popular as Doom Patrol was, so maybe that's why they're sharing that one and not this one yet. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not watching it, but if you got uh, DC Universe, fall 2020, another whole year of DC Universe confirmed, Mike. So I'm that's... shocked. Well, at, at this point in time, uh, DC Universe, if it exists in any way, it's because it's being propped up by HBO Max and AT&T. Like, I, I, I still hold true to the fact that if, if this was still a standalone service, I don't think the subscriber revenue would be able to fund these shows in the long term. So, yeah. you know, you can fight me if you want to. If anybody out there wants to fight me on that, I'll fight you. But that's still where I'm, I'm leaning. However, there is one show releasing later this month on there I find interesting, at least, in the, in the trailers, and that's the new Harley Quinn animated TV show. Um, this adult-oriented uh, cartoon, very R-rated uh, cartoon, uh, hits this month, and then we have a full trailer here. And the jokes are weird, because they talk about how like Harley Quinn has HPV, and then Bane's like yeah. most sexually active adults do, and I'm like... What is going on with this weird shit in this show? Yeah, I'm trying to remain optimistic because I love um, adult animation and I, I always want to see that stuff be successful. Uh, but the trailer was not grabbing me. I mean, this the, I, I know the angle in the audience that they're going for here, so they don't they're not trying to make the most beautifully animated show ever. And some of the stuff in here looked kind of janky. So I, I feel like most of the entertainment value of this show is going to lean on the writing and the jokes. And just some of them were just like extremely immature to the point where it was just like it wasn't even funny. Some of it seemed interesting and weird enough to maybe this will work well. So I'm hoping in the context of maybe a full episode, things flow a little bit better. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll agree with you that the trailer was kind of bizarre. Yeah, I, I, there's stuff in here. I was like, there's shining points i'm like this could be good this could be entertaining this could be funny and then that one just like landed like like you're walking down the street and a dead bird just fell in front of you kind of way like you're like oh uh-huh. um but then i also noticed bane is doing his very imitated accent from the dark knight rises he's like the hello <laughs> yeah and he's like the, the british thing so i thought that was uh they're at least yeah, pro- making fun of the movies a little bit too. Pro- so. Probably the probably the biggest takeaway is what the story is going to be. It seems like Harley Quinn is set on trying to get into the what'd you say the Legion, Legion of, of Doom? Doom. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she's like, oh well, if the Joker can do it, like I can do it. So it seems like that's her goal through the show. So yeah, and um, Poison Ivy looks to be her cohort cohort for a lot of it. So mm-hmm. um, full trailer in the show notes. See how it goes. The Rock, uh, apparently out of other movies to film, has decided to announce the release of December 22nd, 2021 for Black Adam. Uh, and um, I also saw this the news this morning. They hired uh, the cinematographer from The Joker to film this movie hey, as well. Hey, The Joker, which just officially passed $1 billion worldwide on one of the small, like one of the smallest budgets compared to its revenue. I mean, the Joker is probably going to fund Warner Brothers for like the next decade. All, And it wasn't even released in China either, which is huge. I mean, I can't, uh-huh. the, I can't even, I can't, I could never have imagined how successful the Joker movie could have been when we first heard about it. And now the cinematographer is moving on to things like uh, Black Adam. Really, really shocked. Um, now that Black Adam's announced, I hope that we get an announcement or at least a confirmation of Shazam, uh, another two, movie, yeah, because Shazam I because I, I really liked Shazam, and Black Adam is integral to that character. So 
if, if this is 2021, maybe if they get production going and they kind of get The Rock maybe back-to-back before he jumps on to something else, maybe we can get Shazam uh, 2 uh, maybe as soon as, like, 2022, like a year later, now, and people can go from, like, loving The Rock to seeing him again a now, year later. If it's taken them four years to do Aquaman, they're not, they're not doing... <laughs> Shazam two in, in, a, maybe, in a year. I can say twenty twenty three. Maybe James Wan just has more hobbies that takes him away from filmmaking. Yeah. He's just busy doing other shit. Um, but in twenty twenty one, we now have four DC movies, whether you count them or not. Uh, DC Super Pets, The Batman, The Suicide Squad, and Black Adam. So definitely an, an interesting lineup for twenty twenty one for DC so, mm-hmm. movies because they only have two next year with Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman uh, eighty four. So. We'll we'll see. Maybe they maybe they start cranking some of these out once they see more billion dollar returns on their movies. Mm-hmm. So, Sin City, the uh, movie series is based on a book, uh, is being turned into a TV series at Legendary Television. Uh, they have not confirmed. It is committed to one season as long as they can get a streaming platform or network. To put hmm. it on. This kind of seems like the first thing that jumps out to me is like maybe an Amazon Prime show, just because it seems like HBO kind of already has its uh, kind of gritty comic book stuff with uh, Watchmen. So maybe they'll maybe Amazon Prime will scoop it up. But well, I really the, enjoy the boys. They're not picking yeah. up Sin City. Yeah, well, maybe they'll pick it up uh, alongside. Maybe they'll have like a like they'll have like a whole night of gritty comic book uh, storytelling. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Netflix. Really? Yeah, because they don't have to pay to produce it. They just got to stream it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I guess it depends on what streaming platform is most comfortable with uh, licensing uh, licensing. CBS All Access. <laughs> oh, God, CBS. You might need it. You might need something edgy over there between uh, Star Trek's, uh, the 30 Star Trek shows that you've greenlit. Or, uh, or, or right after Pennyworth on Epic's. You know what? I'm sure there's some sort of batch export inside of uh, Premiere or Avid where you can just uh, export 10-minute clips. Uh, just go ahead and put it on Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next 10-minute clip. Yeah. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've revisited the first Sin City movie. I've never seen the sequel, uh, so I'm sure that's probably not within contention right now for at least the story that they'll tell in the first season. Uh, but I, I really liked, uh, Sin City, uh, the first time I watched it, I, I think I rewatched it maybe five or six years ago and I liked it then. I, I'm not really sure how it's aged over time, but if it's going to be reinvented on a, on a streaming series, uh, I'll look forward to checking that out. Well, I, as long as they can keep the stylistic approach they took to Sin City and maybe break it down more by volume of comic than try to mash them all together, mm-hmm. that's going to be the, the, the killer thing right now. Oh yeah, they gotta they gotta either match or exceed the visuals because if they release a trailer where it's just a normal looking kind of live action show, people will riot. Yeah, and also you can watch it uh, the uh, the Sin City movie, the first one at least on Netflix in Showtime. Oh, okay, so maybe uh, maybe it will come to Netflix because since they got the analytics. Yeah, that it, maybe, uh, but no, nothing yet. And this is this is they're also apparently doing a hard R animated series of Sin City as well. Uh, oh, but this is different from that. Oh, okay. So that that seems like a really easy cop out to just animate Sin City in black and white. But anyway, <laughs> and lastly, The Witcher, the upcoming show on Netflix starring Henry Cavill based on the book series, not the video game series, um, is getting a season two already. Hey, I mean, I guess if uh, if uh, if Apple Plus can go ahead and uh, renew all of their shows before they air, I guess Netflix is no stranger to that either. 
But uh, when Apple does it, it makes me think that they're just doing it to juice numbers or make uh, uh, executive board members feel better about the service. When Netflix does it, it makes me think that, oh, they actually believe in the show and it could be really good. So uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this. I hope it's I hope it's awesome. I hope it's very fantastical. I hope it's a fun fantasy world to jump into. Um, uh, we, we like Henry Cavill here, so yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Apple. That, like, Netflix always puts down two, at least two seasons of shows. That's what they said. Like After two it's is the retention there, but the first two always get new people in retention. Um, Apple Plus, the, the new TV Plus thing, um, one of their executives left this week or was uh, because of how bad it failed. Um, <sighs> so whether they get season two or not people are already being left or removed from Apple's executive roles in the TV plus. Well, there's a, there's talk that Apple might hire the visionary that was at HBO because when AT&T bought HBO and they told them you need to, uh, you need to out, you need to be uh, outputting 50% more. Like a lot of the executive leadership that created what HBO is today left. So I don't remember this guy's name, but I heard that Apple plus is thinking about scooping that guy up, which could be a big get for that service. But I have not heard anybody talk about any of these shows on Apple Plus except for maybe the morning show. I've heard like a, a few people out there in the in the world say it's a good show, but I've only heard like one single person talk about Jason Momoa's show C, and I don't know if I can trust this person from a pop culture review standpoint, but I know this person has said that the show is just awful. So I <laughs> I would I don't know if the show is truly awful at all, but that's the only that's literally the only thing I've heard about the show. I'm totally open to hearing other people's opinion on the on that specific Apple Plus show, but literally no one has said anything Thing. Nothing has popped up in my timeline on social media. I haven't heard anything through the grapevine of like podcasts or even on Reddit. So like, is anybody watching these shows? Like these, the, these are like very premium shows with lots of money thrown at them. And I don't think anyone's watching them, Chris. Um, I've, I've, I've only heard of the other show. What did you say? The morning show. Um, mm-hmm. the other two, I didn't even no, I mean. Well, I should I should give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in saying I've actually heard people say that the Emily Dickinson show is really good. Uh, so uh, that had that stars uh, oh. what's her face who is going to be in Hawkeye? Uh, Amanda no Steinfeld no, Stein, oh, uh, um, Haley yeah. Haley Steinfeld yeah is that her name yeah uh, so she's in Emily Dickinson so what, you could check that show out. What's interesting is if you like I like Apple's been trying I, I got a new work phone and like they're like here's your free year of Apple TV plus and I'm like I don't want it. Um, <laughs> and so even free stuff like that is. Um, also, I just want to give a shout out to uh, our listener of the show, Jacob. He commented on our YouTube stuff. Uh, Verizon deal for free Disney Plus is only if you have an unlimited plan. Uh, not any person on Verizon, by the way. Uh, I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, it's with all of the other cell phone deals out there. It's like, oh, we'll give you an iPhone for $50. Holy shit, really? Like, oh, yeah, but you have to be a new sub- you have to be like a new yeah. subscriber. It's just like, it, oh, great. You don't have to be new. You just have to have the unlimited plan. Or if mm-hmm. you go to the unlimited plan, you'll get it. But it's not as cut and dry as every person with Verizon is Disney Plus kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, also probably if you got it, you'd be streaming it on your phone. They assume so you, they would need unlimited on that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I just want to give a shout to him. He commented on our YouTube video about that earlier, and I, I made sure to share the link with him where I saw all the details. So, there. All right, Mike. Well, that's our show for the week. I got some video games I really want to go. I'm itching to go <laughs> play before dinner. So, uh, anything else? Oh, wh- where can people find you? At? You have any pictures from Disney you want to share online? So, where can they see those at? 
Well, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, I got some cold pizza to get to in the fridge from last night, which I'm really looking forward to because I love me some cold pizza. So, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, I'd like to thank all the people who gave me a shout-out for my pop video and pops. I, I plan to take some more photos with them now that I actually have them organized in places I can find them and put them back. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing that. Um, and if you want to play any games with me, uh, again, my Xbox Gamer Tag is Valdan, and I have no idea what my Nintendo Switch code is because those things are stupid as hell. <laughs> like 20 digits long. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. Next weekend, I will be at um, GalaxyCon, Mike, here in Louisville. So if anyone wants to come to the GalaxyCon and see me, hang out. I've got business cards. I might have some stickers probably somewhere. Yeah, Stuff awesome. to give out. So uh, if you're at GalaxyCon, let me know. I will be there. I think Sunday uh, will be the day I get to be there. Um, so on and so forth. Uh, Mike, if people want to know more about the show, episodes, swag, whatever they want, where can they find all that information at? Well, as always, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. Head on over there and check out our upcoming releases page so you can see when all of these unreleased or untitled movies are going to be coming out. Uh, Chris uh, diligently went through and updated all of that for us, so go check that out at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere else you love to listen to delicious podcasts. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. I wore my Superhero Slate shirt to Disneyland yesterday, and I recommend anybody who's going to a theme park to wear a superhero slate shirt um i actually i'll give a random totally random shout out to somebody that i didn't even talk to i saw another person at disneyland who was wearing a podcast t-shirt and uh it was called like i think it might have been called like the midwest podcast i don't know he walked by me very quickly so maybe go out if you maybe go out there and search for a podcast called like the midwest podcast or midwestern podcast i'm gonna give that guy a random shout out even though i didn't even talk to him but that was another person wearing a podcast shirt so shout out to you fine sir and your trip at Disneyland. I hope it was great. So we love hearing from you, obviously. So please reach out if you have any questions about the show, if you want us to talk about anything. Uh, If you're watching Jason Momoa's new uh, Apple Plus original uh, C, let us know. I want to know if it's any good. Um, And uh, if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. Next week is episode 250. Chris was talking about it at the top of the show. So by this time next year, we will be at the big old 300. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, I told Micah we're we're getting into Frasier numbers if you're a (laughs) fan. So we're going to get there. Niles! (laughs) Okay, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Peach Perrier is the shit if you ever get a chance. Ooh, peach flavored drinks are so good.